Welcome everybody to Happy Hour with Pastor Dale, uh, tackling tough topics with uplifting love and grace. I am so grateful uh, that you are here, um, those of you who are here in person, um, those of you who are watching online or will be in the future days or weeks. Um, we are so grateful to have you join us and excited about this. So this is a once a month thing we've been doing, and uh, it happens on the first Tuesday of every month. And uh, we've had a variety of, of different kinds of topics um, each month. Uh, but today, since it's Janu or January, July 5th, um, we decided that we would do something a little bit different that certainly communicates to our Lighthouse family, or much of our Lighthouse family. We decided to do a recovery special. And so um, I have invited um, two good friends of mine, uh, people um, who come to Lighthouse Church, but also people who um, I have known in my own journey in recovery and uh, who have been really helpful um, for me as I have um, kind of moved forward uh, through my own recovery from alcoholism. So um, I want to welcome Jan and Roy and uh, let you know that uh, they have lots of experience and wisdom in this whole uh, recovery thing combined. They're at about 86 plus years of recovery. And uh, if I remember correctly, it's pretty awesome. So if I remember correctly, it's 42 plus years and 44 plus years. Yeah. So congratulations and welcome. So you can tell um, I am still, um, my voice is still getting over a cold. So excuse my voice, but you're not here to listen to me very much anyway. So um, thank you for joining us today. And uh, we're going to have a little conversation about, um, about recovery from um, substance use uh, addictions and um, alcoholism in particular today. I'll just mention that. And um, I want you to know that that um, one of the, the goals, I think, of, of the happy hour with Pastor Dale and doing a topic like this is that we would like to um, contribute to breaking the stigma there is about the disease of addiction. And, um, you know, there are a lot of people who struggle with addiction issues um, in our community, in our, in our world, and we want them to know um, that not only is it um, you know, understandable that people struggle with things that, that are more powerful than they are, but that there is help available for them. And uh, it's in many ways what Lighthouse Church is all about and recovery programs are all about. So um, thank you for joining us. And um, one of the things I wanted to do is I wanted to have a little bit of this conversation um, with the understanding uh, that... Um, I'm going to speak as somebody new in recovery, and compared to you, I kind of am. Um, but I, I was thinking this week how um, incredible it would have been uh, to be able to have had a conversation with people with your experience when I was just starting out. So um, I'm going to start by just simply asking you to um, share a little bit of your story and how it is that you've kind of come to the place that you're at. So uh, we'll go ladies first. Thank you. Well, I, um, I grew up in a home where I saw the firsthand the effects of living with people who drank too much. Um, both my father and my grandfather had a drinking problem, and I um, 
was determined I was never going to be like that. And uh, however, as I as I got older and I found out the effects of alcohol, it was kind of like, oh, that was the the magic the magic thing that made me feel better about myself. And um, so I that's why I I continued to drink and. Um, how I, I got into recovery was through a, a, family, a program for families of people who drank too much, and I got introduced to, um, I controlled my, started controlling my drinking a lot, and then was, got real depressed, and was asked perhaps that maybe I was too alcoholic. And it was suggested that maybe I try the other program that dealt with, with recovering from alcoholism. and. Um, I, I'm glad to say that that it it worked for me um, because I was at when I quit drinking I was my next step was going to be suicide if that wasn't if I didn't find a solution because I'd gone to doctors I'd gone through psychiatrists I'd done all that type of thing and nothing else worked and I had tried religion and all of that none of that stuff had worked for me so. Um, that's how I got into recovery. One of the things I often say is that uh, um, so much of the danger of alcohol um, is that it works for those things at first. You know, mm -hmm. it, it can take away some anxiety. It can make us feel mm -hmm. more social. It can um, make us help us escape for a while. Um, but um, when we're using it for those purposes, it becomes very dangerous and can yes. lead us to a bad place. Yes. And yeah. it quit working for me. And it quit working, Which yeah. was terrifying. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Roy, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? Yeah, well, a uh, little bit about myself. First of all, I'm an old guy. I found that out today. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking with someone yesterday, and, you know, when I first moved here to this area, I started selling cars, and that was back in 1972, that was 50 years ago. And time goes by so fast. Yeah. It really does. And I grew up in a small town in Minnesota. I say I grew up. I got older. I still haven't grown up. So... And I, when I moved up here, like I say, I started selling cars, and I did that for three and a half years, and then I got into the corporate world and uh, in the auto glass business, and I was in that for 30-plus years, and I retired. I thought. I got bored with retirement, and then I, so I started driving the school bus part-time. So uh, I still wanted to do a little bit more, so I got into life coaching, and I've been doing that for about six years. Now, I live in Fargo with my little baby dog, Duke. So, anyway, my recovery, I used to drink. And I went to treatment. The first time was in, in October 12th of 1970. Now, that's getting to be a long time ago. So I've got quite a quite a story, quite a journey to talk about. And then I found recovery 
And then I found God after I found recovery. And since that, everything has been just wonderful. <laughs> so anyway, uh, my journey, like I say, has been a long one. But uh, to, to sum it up, to make a long story short, I had a, a year of sobriety. And I went back out again. And after that, uh, I got divorced and wound up back in, in recovery. And the, the lawyer I went to became my sponsor. So I then had four and a half years in the program. And after four years, I quit going to the meetings. And that seemed to be my downfall because after I made it four and a half years, I went out and experimented again. I thought, well, my thought was I was 24 when I came into this thing and I was too young and I had it figured out and I should be able to control this stuff. And so I went back out and tried it again. And now, uh, like Dale mentioned, I have 44 years. So there's been lots of ups and downs, but I'm now happy, joyous, and free. Yeah. So um, one of the things that um, I find in my own recovery journey is I'm kind of envious of people who kind of get this when they're really young. Um, so when you, when you started um, into your recovery journey, um, what struck you about um, the community and the people that you um, encountered early on back then? What struck me was when I went to my first closed meeting that I got, had the same feeling there that I did when I drank. A feeling of belonging. Hmm. A feeling of some, you know, that I was home. Because these people knew, I mean, the, how they were talking was how I felt. You know, when, either with what, what drinking did to me or how they felt when they weren't drinking. And I could relate to that. And then also... I mean, the fun that people were having. I wasn't having any fun. And, um, and they were this community of people that were, were laughing and were doing things. And I was fortunate because I, right away I got in with, with a group of people that, that did a lot of things together. And um, that to me is what one thing that attracted me. Plus, I met other people that had been in the program, well, I mean, five years was a long time, you know, because I couldn't make it a week, if that. And um, so I met those people that were, I mean, they had lives. They were, you know, not only the material things, but they had been at jobs for, you know, a long time. They had been in, in relationships for a long time. And I didn't have any of that in my life. That's, that's very good. So you saw right from the beginning almost something in others right. that you wanted for yourself. Right. Was that true with you too, Roy? That or? was true with me also. I saw that right away when I was in, in treatment. We used to, uh, uh, we were encouraged to go to a meeting every day and they, they would invite people in from other treatment centers or other uh, recovery groups or whatever to speak. And I could hear, you know, when I heard those people talk, I thought, I've done that stuff. I, I can relate to that. And I really enjoyed listening to them. And, and uh, I learned a lot in treatment. 
So when they took you to retreat or to recovery groups at that time, was it in a horse and buggy, or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Was basically, that's in, in what the winter, it was. It was dog yeah. sled. I had to yeah. at least have one old timers joke. Come on, dog <laughs> sleds in the winter time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've resisted from saying that you sobered up before I was even born. Oh. Because okay. that's not true. Yeah, no, okay. Um, although close in your your well, instance. Okay, so Roy, you've already alluded to this. We know how um, old you are. It's yeah, not no. that close. <laughs> um, you've already alluded to this, um, Roy. Um, um, but um, one of the one of the things that um, I just kind of want to ask is, okay, so you know, you sobered up over forty-four years ago. Your last drink, um, forty-two years ago, Jan. Um, and the assumption would be that everything has been perfect since then. No problems, no issues, um, and it's just been easy riding. Has that been the case for you? Um, no. <laughs> you, you want to say something about that, Jen? No. What have been some of the difficult times that you've been through? Well, I mean, life goes on. Um, I've had, my, my sister took her own life um, in 2008. Um, my parents both have died. Um, I, I was divorced in sobriety. I think, I think, though, the most difficult time was uh, about a three- to four-year stretch where I was um, guardian and, and conservator for my parents. It was, it was hard at that point because my parents were sick and there was a lot of legal stuff to do. And, and I kept, there would be times during that time when I would keep thinking, I just want this to end. When will this be over? But I knew, but then I would feel guilty because I knew it wouldn't be over until they died. Um, so, I mean, I really had to stay close to the program at that time, close to God as I understand him, who today and then was also Jesus Christ, and close to my church, close to my support group. I really had to stay in the day as much as I could. So you use the program oh, to help get you through absolutely. those times. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Um, do you encounter people who come into the program thinking once they stop drinking or using, everything's going to be great? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just tell them to keep coming back. Yeah, it'll it'll work. Roy, how about you? Well, I, I like I said, run through a lot of ups and downs, but there's one thing that stands out. Uh, in my recovery, and that was after I came back uh, after four and a half years. And uh, so I came home off, the, I, I traveled a lot, and I came home off the road, and my thought was that, you know, I can't drink, and, you know, and I can't stay sober, so I don't want to live. So I went in the in the garage that particular night, and I I, I blocked the door and I started the car up and I thought, well, I'm going to do away with myself. And I kept thinking, you know, as I'm doing that, my sponsor at that time said that sober suicides always work, it seems like. Drunk suicides never work, he said. And that kept going around in my mind. And my wife was on the phone with my sponsor at that time and I didn't realize that. And, and uh, he was telling her that, well, you know, if he does that, you know, that you're going to have to go down and find him in the garage. And, you know, the police are going to come. You're going to have to explain all that. Well, I didn't know that she, she was talking to him until the next day when I talked to him. 
but this is what he was telling her. Well, then my thought was at the last minute, I was getting dizzy and whatever, and so I thought, you know, she's going to come down here and find me dead on the floor and whatever, and I'm not going to be able to see how she reacts. <laughs> so I threw open the door and let the air come in again. And, you know, that's the thoughts that run around in an alcoholic's mind. You know, we, we really get into the poor me's in situations like that. And um, I wound up talking to my sponsor the next day, and he said, he asked me, I, t I started telling him my tale of woe and all the reasons why and all this stuff, and he said, do you want to get well or don't you? And I just looked at him, you know, and I said, well, yeah, I guess I do. And he said, well, then you need to start to listen and start doing some of the things that we do and follow the successful in this program and work the steps and do that stuff and, and listen. And so uh, he recommended some things to me and one of the things he recommended was to go to a roundup and I went to that and on the way there I had a, a spiritual awakening. It was about 100 miles west of here at Jamestown and we were on the way to that roundup and that was 750 miles we drove uh, up to Prince Albert, Saskatchewan that, that night. And, but I, after I had that spiritual awakening I haven't had a craving for alcohol since. So it's been, it's been really... Uh, it's been good. It's been really good for me. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I want to say that I appreciate both of your, your willingness to talk about um, being at a point where you've wondered about ending your life. Um, I find that's really common amongst those who have struggled with or are struggling with addiction. Mm -hmm. and, um, and one of the things that um, I hope that we can convey today is not only is recovery possible, but it can be good. And, um, you know, life is worth living, um, especially as, um, you know, we begin to grow spiritually. So I um, want to ask as well then, um, you've been at this for a long time. How has your program changed or evolved um, over these 40 plus years? What do you do now that might be different than back then, or is it a lot the same? Well, I still go to meetings. That's, um, I don't go to as many as I did in the beginning, but I still go to meetings. It's still a top priority in my life, and I still talk to my sponsor. And um, Today, though, my higher power when I first came into the program, I didn't know who or what God was. It was like, because I was felt really rejected by the church I'd grown up in. And um, so I was kind of, for a long time, wandering kind of aimlessly around, um, talk, you know, looking to see who my, find out who the higher power was that I understood him, my higher power to be. And it wasn't until I was like 18 years sober till I came back to um, knowing Jesus Christ as my higher power. Uh, that was probably been the most significant thing that happened. Um, because until then, I mean, I was, I was staying sober and I believed in God, but I didn't have a, a personal relationship. And that for me has been really the, um, 
I guess the crux and the, and the key for, you know, making it through the, those tough times. Um, I, you know, I mean, I'm not saying people can't just stay sober on the program because I know people that do. But for me, I, I don't think I could have, I could probably have stayed sober, but I was also pretty depressed. Yeah, and there's time. a difference between sobriety and recovery as right. well. Right, right. Um, you know, you, we can, might be able to stay sober, but growing spiritually is a different exactly. dynamic. Yeah, exactly. So, and then being an active part of a, of a church has been a big deal for me too. Cool. Roy? Well, for me, uh, it came from not, uh, not knowing anything about alcoholism, what it was, to being involved in life-changing program now today. And uh, I go to three to four meetings a week, and I work with others a lot. And I found that that really is, has helped me. It probably helps me as much or more than it does them. And living one day at a time now. So, yeah. so um, we're coming right out of the 4th of July holiday. And um, I've learned in, in uh, my own journey that there are certain times certain holidays that I need to kind of be conscious of in my recovery. Has that been the case for you? Have you had to, I mean, was the 4th of July ever a difficulty? Or um, were there other times of the year that you're, you were more intentional about your recovery um, than others? Yeah, I think for me, um, the 4th of July, I guess, was always kind of a family time. Most of the holidays were. So, and I didn't drink around my family. I mean, we, you know, other members took care of that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And plus, um, I didn't want them to know I might have a problem. So, um, even though they, they didn't probably knew anyway. But anyway, um, so that wasn't such a big deal. But I think um, other holidays could be a trigger, especially if I'm feeling lonely. Huh. And, you know, maybe there's not much going on um, at that time. I think that could definitely be a trigger. Huh. Roy, how about you? Well, I think the holidays are always uh, uh, tough for me. And uh, leading up to the holidays, planning on if I had enough uh, chemical, you know, around to take me through the holiday. And then there was a period afterwards when everybody went home, all the company left, that I'd go through a time of loneliness. And that would lead me back to more drinking again. So uh, the holidays were always a little tough for me. Yeah. So we're going to come to, a, you know, maybe a word to people who might be struggling right now in, in a little bit. But um, my favorite question that I prepared for you is, what do you know now that you wish you had known then? I wish I had known that just because I want to drink or I think about it doesn't mean I'm not working my program. Hmm. Um, because the fact that you're not drinking and the fact that you're making other choices is working your program. I mean, I'm, I'm, there's probably always going to be this part of the committee in the back of my head saying, Oh, a drink's going to make this better. Yeah. Um, I don't have the obsession and the cravings like I used to. But that doesn't mean, I mean, just because I may think about it or I may see an advertisement that looks, looks hmm, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm not working a program. 
And also, I wish that I would have known that, um, you know, life can be hard. And not everything is, is easy once you come in here. Um, I mean, it, it's a lot better, but, um, you know, I mean, you still have to, I still have to face reality. I still have to face life. And, um, but the program can help with every single situation. Yeah. You know, and, and of course, trust in God. Hmm. Roy, what do you know now that you wish you knew then? A couple things stand out when I, that's a good question. Um, I, I wish that I would have known that there was a, really a, a God, a loving God that cared and loved me and cared about me. Um, then, you know, I wish I knew that then, what I know now. And it comes about, the second thing is that I'm so glad that I have so many friends now in the program. I didn't think that was possible. I thought that was a dream. Hmm. But I've got like 31 names in my phone that I text good morning to every morning now. And somebody asked me if that was, a, do you do that as a group text? I said, no, I do it one at a time. It takes me about 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And then I do my meditation. But, uh, and then all these people text me back. And it's such a fulfilling feeling, just a loving feeling hmm. of admiration. Yeah. When those texts come back, you can't, you know, you can't put a price on that. So that's what I know. Yeah, yeah um, that's excellent. So um, tell us about, um, you know, you already alluded to a spiritual awakening, Roy. So why don't we start with you? Is there anything more about that kind of spiritual awakening or, or even just your spiritual journey um, that, um, that you would like to share with people today? Well, my spiritual uh, awakening, you know, it's talked about in several different ways about the burning bush or the, you know, lights coming on, all of that. And it wasn't that way for me. It was like there was a something that was lifted from me and there was a peace, a sort of peace that came about. And I lost the craving for alcohol, but it didn't uh, take away the situations that come about during life, because life happens every day. And I've learned that God is there to guide me now. That's one thing. And I always believed in a higher power. But I, I grew up in a home where there wasn't any religion, no, no church going or anything. So, but I always thought there's something about that. And I was drawn to the Bible, and I'd read in the Bible some and um, try to understand that or whatever. And I knew that there was this higher power out there, and I found out it was God. And I found that out in this program. And I know that he guides me today, everything that I do. So if I run up against the wall with whatever it is, I, I know he's right here beside me and I can consult and I can talk to him like a friend. And the first thing that I get reminded of is to call somebody in the program. Call my sponsor, call somebody that, can under, that understands this stuff and can relate to it. And so that's my spiritual journey. How about you, Jan? What was the question? <laughs> um, spiritual, did you have a spiritual awakening or your spiritual journey? Can you say a little bit more about it? Yeah, um, 
yeah, my spiritual awakening was um, kind of what I alluded to earlier. Um, the biggest part was, you know, realizing that Jesus Christ was who he said he was. How did that come about? Well, it came about because I was, I mean, through those years when I was running from him, um, I had prayed, you know, if you are who you say you are, you know, please let me know. And um, I had some friends that were going to, uh, be, that, you know, came to believe in Jesus. And they weren't in the program, but they were, um, kept asking me to go with them to church. And I just kind of went, okay, just leave me alone. Mm. And finally, one Sunday, just to get them off my back, I said I'd go. And fortunately, they were going to a church that is a Bible-believing church. It could have been, you know, something else that maybe wouldn't have been so true. But um, when I went there, um, I mean, I knew, again, I knew I was home. Mm. I knew I was where I was supposed to be. And I knew that Jesus was who he said he was. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I think, I think sometimes um, um, we think that the timing is supposed to be on our end. And sometimes it's God's timing. Um, go figure, God knows better than we do sometimes when we're really ready to hear him or let him in or, you know, go to a new step. So, you know, and that certainly doesn't mean that everybody that walks into the program needs to believe that. I'm not saying that. Because I think if I would have heard that when I came in, I probably would have turned around and walked out. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not, you know, but for me, that's been my journey. Yeah. Can I, can I share a word about that, too? Sure. Um, so so I, have, I, I was in a similar place, as you know. Um, I was a pastor before I started going to recovery meetings, but... Um, I was very, um, I was very spiritually dead, and um, you know, I, I knew Jesus, but I wasn't really on good terms, and um, I really didn't go to AA, which was where I went um, to recovery programs um, to teach me about Jesus. Um, I went there to um, get some help. And um, I, I found when I got there that there was a spiritual dynamic that caught me off guard, um, but that I was able to um, kind of navigate that spirituality myself. And that was very comforting for me in that time. Um, and so, you know, one of the reasons we have places like Lighthouse is for those people who maybe want to learn more mm -hmm about Jesus, you know, there are opportunities and places that understand recovery as well as faith in Jesus. So um, thank you for sharing that. Um, so um, let's uh, just say um, or ask how you came to Lighthouse and how your faith journey, since we're on that topic, how has it evolved since you've been here? Um, and maybe as a word of encouragement to either people here who are checking this out or people who might watch online, you know, do I go to a church? What do I look for in a church? You know, has it really made a difference in your life? So who'd like to go first? Well, every one of these questions has a long story behind <laughs> that goes with it. But uh, uh, what happened with me is um, I found Lighthouse I was leaving a recovery meeting on Saturday morning, and I was going home 
to do a podcast because I, I, I do those once in a while. And I was all prepared to do that. And I, I pulled out onto university and turned my left signal light on and started to turn. And this little message said, God, come, you know, I listen to this small voice now. And it says, go to the clubhouse. So I wondered why I want to get, why do you want me to go to the clubhouse? And I kept turning and came back again, go to the clubhouse. So I turned my signal light the other way and I went to the clubhouse. Well, when I got there, I started talking to someone that uh, has been around for quite some time. And I said, well, what do you got planned for the weekend? And this person said, well, one of the things I'm going to do is go to church. And I said, well, what church do you go to? And he told me the lighthouse. And, you know, I had a talk with God some time back, and I, I kind of, I went to a few churches, but it always left me wanting, you know. So I said, what I'm looking for is a custom-designed church. <laughs> and so uh, this person told me about the lighthouse, and that pa- told me about Pastor Dale, and that he was in our program, and all that, and I thought, there's that custom-designed church that I'm in looking for. So I listened and I came. And I'm so glad that I did because I, I found everything that I wanted here. I found it here. And I would encourage anyone that's out there, if you're in recovery or not, that this would be the place to come because Pastor Dale has a way of bringing Scripture into today that, we can under, that I can understand it, you know. And that's what, that's what I always ran into before. So um, I think it's really a good place. Thank you, Roy. That wasn't what I was asking for, but I appreciate the vote of confidence. That's nice. No, that's a great story. It's funny how God kind of works. So you want to share how you came here? Sure. Or your, a little bit more about your church journey? Sure. Well, I had, um, like I said, the first church that I went to with my friends was about Bible-believing church, and I was a part of that for quite a few years, I'm pretty active in that. And um, then I went to another church, and another Bible-believing church, and um, in the meantime, in there somewhere, I met Dale at meetings, and um, he, uh, and then you, he called me, you called me about CR. Oh, Celebrate we, Recovery, yeah, we, sure. Celebrate Recovery, because we had talked about it previously, and when they started it here, Dale called and said, you know, we're going to do this. Why don't you come and check it out? So I came to CR, and I started coming to that, and I was still going to my other church, but feeling kind of conflicted between, I really like Lighthouse, but I really like this church. And so finally, um, at one point, I just said, okay, I'm going to go to Lighthouse for for." three months, I think you were doing a series of some kind that I was going to come, and it's just like, God, just let me know what you want me to do, and I, I came, and, and it really felt, it really felt that God was saying that this needs to be my church, and um, when I, when I left the other church, it was really kind of cool, because, you know, I let them know why I was leaving, and they just wished me the best, and prayed for, with me, and, and it was really neat, so, um, but, here I can be open about my recovery. I can be open about who I am. I can be tra- open about the struggles that I have in life, uh, where I haven't necessarily found that in other churches. Um, not that they're not good people there. I don't want to give that implication at all. But um, this has been the most 
transparent church, and it starts with you, um, because it starts, you know, with, I think with the pastors on on down, and um, so if you're, you know, if you're not sure, if you're looking for something else, maybe to add to your recovery journey, or are just looking for recovery, you know, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be from alcoholism, um, you know, it can be from any life issues, and you know, check it out. You know, yeah, we say all the life. time that people are recovering from something most of the time in their life. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I, I just, um, it's, it's my church home, definitely. It's been a joy to, um, you know, watch people whose, you know, recovery journeys have been helpful in my own recovery journey come and grow spiritually. And so um, it's just been a joy to have both of you um, as part of our church family. Um, for those who don't know, I met Jan at my very first recovery meeting. Yeah. Very first recovery meeting. And, uh, and, um, and one, of the, one of the things that I always appreciate about um, people in recovery is when uh, they share, and you can't tell if they have been sober or clean for six months or six years or 26 years or 42 years. And when I found out how long Jan had been um, sober, I almost fell off my chair. Like, <laughs> you had a way of still understanding, um, you know, the life struggles that we go through. So it's been a fun journey with you. Yeah, I appreciate fun it. watching you, too. So um, I'm going to give you a chance to speak to anybody here or out there who is struggling today. Maybe this weekend was tough. Um, they might be in a place like you were at one time of giving up hope. And um, I just want to give you a chance to speak a word of, of encouragement to anybody who's listening today. Who wants to go first? I can do that. All right. Okay. Um, I would just say keep, you know, keep coming back. I know we hear that all the time at meetings, but it's really true. Um, because if you don't keep coming back, I don't, you know, for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to stay sober and find people that you can talk to. Um, work the steps. Um, that, that fourth and fifth steps, I mean, they're all important, but I really felt that if I wouldn't have done that, if I wouldn't have gotten those ghosts out, of, out if I wouldn't have gotten that stuff out, it would have been really difficult if not impossible to stay sober. Thank you, Jan. Well, Pastor Dale, that word struggle is a broad word. And for the addicted person, whether you're uh, dealing with it one day, first day, first month, first year, five to 10 years, it doesn't make any difference. I would encourage anyone that is going through a struggle to call someone that's in, the, in recovery and talk to that person and find out where to go, what to do. You know, there's a lot of treatment places in Fargo, in the Fargo-Morad area, and there's a lot of places to go for recovery. And there is, it's a better life. Once you get sober, it does get better. So uh, I would encourage anyone to, to talk to Talk to someone. That's the main thing, I would guess. Yeah. So thank you, um, both of you. you. And uh, we're going to have a little time. Um, we're going to do this 
um, where you can ask a question or make a comment. Um, if you, anybody here wants to make a comment about any of the things that we've discussed, you're welcome to. Um, Kirk is going to run a mic. If you're watching online, you can write a comment or a question um, in. And we'll just take a few minutes to see if anybody wants to ask a question or make a comment before we close. Why don't you stand up and um, identify yourself? And Hi, Lighthouse family. I'm Louisa. And um, so at times in my recovery, I have found that I felt distance distant from God, and I know that's a huge part to recovery. What, I guess my question is, what word of encouragement do you have to those who feel like God is distant from them? What I say to that is that my feelings are fickle, and I can't judge God's, God is more faithful than my feelings. Um, for me, my my faith in God has to be based on his word and the promises in the word, not my feelings. Wow, that was a good answer. <laughs> Holy cow. <clears throat> Excellent. Thank you, Louisa. Anybody else, a question or a comment? I'm Brian. I'm an alcoholic. Oh, and, I, you know, I've been involved with other churches. I love the Lighthouse Church. Uh, like Jan was talking about, you can be honest and open. I could have never said that in my church I was going to before without being judged. And here, I just feel like uh, we're all in a, just like going to, kind of like an AA meeting. You get that same warm feeling mm -hmm. and the spirituality here. And I really want to thank all three of you for that meeting tonight. It's been great. I, uh, it's just fun hearing some of the reinforcement things that I need to hear and review on a daily basis. So thank you. Yeah, thank you, Thanks, Brian. Brian. Anybody else comment or question? Hi, my name is Susan. Uh, this um, weekend, um, I was at a AA meeting um, in a different city, and uh, the topic was independence. Mm -hmm. And I would love to know um, from both of you, what do you feel you are independent from now compared to before you were drinking? Mm -hmm. I feel I'm independent from the slavery of alcoholism. I don't have to drink today. <coughs> yeah, I feel that same way. Um, I, I don't. Uh, I don't have the need to use the alcohol anymore. And uh, like I said uh, in the beginning, I'm happy, joyous, and free. So I'm independent from that now. So. Do you have something that you feel you're independent from that you want to share? No. I would I would add other things to that. You didn't ask me, but you know, I often give uh, advice that's unsolicited. Um, a lot of this comes from my recovery. Um, 
I don't feel like um, I um, need to please people as much as I used to. Um, and um, I feel like I've also been able to find a healthier approach to not owning other people's problems. Mm. Um, and um, I've only been to one Al-Anon meeting, and I can, I can say those things. So, um, you know, I think that um, there are other things that I would say I've grown in independence from um, that are very recovery-focused. Um, so that was a great question. Great topic, I bet. Okay, I think there's somebody online. Do you have a microphone back there? I do. Awesome. Uh, we've actually got two questions from Facebook. So the first one is, how do you deal with forgiveness and letting the past go? For example, like if you deal with PTSD or OCD, uh, when that deals with an addiction. I get that. For me, I've had to use the steps. I just went through this with an issue for kind of some PTSD things. Um, and I found um, doing the fourth and fifth step and then talking to, you know, with my sponsor and writing things out and giving everything, you know, getting it out and giving it to God has really helped. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's a tough question. Um, has it gotten... Has it gotten better? Yes. Or did it just go away once you did that? It's gotten better, and I have to just have to be mindful that it's not the truth anymore. Yeah. Yeah, my, my, my experience is that it becomes a process right. of working through it. So great question. And another one? Yes, and then one more from Facebook. Uh, when did sobriety feel like an everyday normal? I would think that uh, it happened after my spiritual awakening. Um, before that, I was just doing, going through the motions, going to the meetings, wanting to fit in, talk, saying the things that I thought needed to be said or whatever, but now um, it's become a natural thing every day. But I would guess that, or not guess, I, I know that it was because of my spiritual awakening. I believe in God. So. Hmm. Jan? I, I can't really pinpoint a, an exact time, but it came from um, after a few years in the program of, you know, that this is my life. And also um, realizing that... Um, there's nothing today that drinking is going to make any better. All right. So I think we will wrap up there. Um, I want to thank both of you um, for your sharing with us, for your um, presence in this recovery um, faith community, and for um, your courage to kind of help break the stigma. So thank you, Jan. Thank you, Roy. Yeah. Um, I want to share with you that um, our next happy hour is going to be on August 2nd, and uh, it's the first Tuesday of next month, and our guest is going to be Dan Borsheim. Uh, Dan he was uh, the founder of Valley Christian Counseling. Uh, he's a pastor as well, and he is going to be here to talk about um, 
kind of everyday um, self-care for mental health issues. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about when is it that somebody might go to a counselor and how do we recognize some of the things going on in us. So uh, that'll be next month. Thank you for coming. Thank you for watching. Um, God bless everybody, and we're so grateful that you joined us.